Hello and welcome to Mixnerd News. This is where you come to listen to breaking news when it comes to the nerd world. That means we have breaking video game news, movie news, and TV news. If you want to hear about the latest games, the latest movies, and everything else, stick around. Because here's your host Nick from a tiny studio in San Diego. What's up? What's up? What is up, my friends, my fans, my family? It is me, Nick, the host of your lovely podcast, Nick's Nerd News. How are you guys all doing today? It is November. Yes, November 15th. The The year is literally almost over. <laughs> That's wild to think about, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Anyway, wow. Um... Got a lot to talk about today. Obviously, Hollywood is kind of getting back to work to a degree uh, now that the strikes have essentially been, uh, now that they're both over, I should say. We talked about the SAG strike coming in to an end last week. We have learned uh, some new things in regards to Disney's future release, release slate in regards to the MCU. There's... Uh, the Game Awards have been announced. Uh, the Game Award nominees, I should say. That's actually one of our top stories. We're going to talk about some snubs, some interesting picks, uh, all the nominees for that. So that's going on. That's one of our top stories. I did see the Marvels this weekend. That's going to be uh, reviewed at the end of the episode. We're going to do 90s Disney Channel original movies today. We're going to do a top 10 of. And uh, also, we are going to talk about uh, the news that dropped today about the casting of Reed Richards for the Fantastic Four film and if Pedro Pascal is the right choice. Those are the top three stories today. Um, but uh, other than that, don't forget to check out nixnernews.com where you can listen to the show right in your browser or if you like, listen to us on the go. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Play Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on iHeartRadio, we're on Amazon Music, we're on Odyssey, we're on all the major podcast platforms for you guys to listen to, engage with, all that fun stuff. But also, while you're there, don't forget to check out our social media tab. You guys can follow us on, on Instagram, we're on Threads, we're on Twitter, Facebook. I have a personal TikTok that I do show from promoting the show on. Uh, that's all Nixner News, right? Search Nixner News on your preferred social media platform of choice or search the Nick DeFalco on TikTok. That's my TikTok. Otherwise, everything gets posted to Instagram. Follow us there. That's the most uh, important place you'll want to follow us on. 
Um, other than that, let's not waste any time and get right to the news, baby. All right, all right, all right. So, what is going on in the gaming world? Well, quite a bit, actually. Uh, Steam, out of nowhere, announced the new Steam Deck OLED. Yes, a new Steam Deck is already out. It, it's only been, what, two years since the last one came out? The original one came out. Uh, the Steam Deck OLED does release tomorrow, Thursday the 16th. I will have an enhanced OLED display, better audio, different quality of life improvements, uh, a larger battery life, which will have a... 30 to 50% improvement over the launch version. It will come in two configurations, 512 gigs and one terabyte. Uh, those will cost 549 and 649 uh, respectively. And it does include a micro SD card slot. Pre-orders are open. Um, let's see. Uh, gets rid of an LCD touchscreen for a 7.4 inch HDR OLED screen, so it's a small increase over the original 7-inch, uh, but no more touchscreen, and uh, does have smaller bezels than the original as well. It uh, does have a 50-watt-hour battery, the original a 40-watt-hour, and uh, like I said, the new prices, the original Steam Deck, excuse me, will be discounted. So the 64 gig model is now going to be 349 down from 400. The 256 is going to 399 from 529, big discount. And the 512 uh, gigabyte will go to 449, previously 650. So no performance improvements. This is mostly uh, improvements on screen, battery life, and the, and the such. Uh, this is not the Steam Deck 2. Uh, which Valve is projecting to release sometime in 2025. Think of this more akin to the Switch OLED, which is just a newer screen. Uh, NVIDIA has announced an event for CES. Uh, rumors are swirling that this will be about 40 series RTX, GTX, whatever TX nomenclature NVIDIA is going to use, so be prepared for the announcement of new graphics cards at that event. Uh, we've learned that Star Wars Hunters, the live service mobile and console game that uh, is being likened to Overwatch, is delayed once again, this time with a generic 2024 release date, whatever that means. Uh, Eli Roth was asked about the Borderlands movie and said that they are, quote, very, very close in certain aspects, but also, uh, unquote, he also worked with Gearbox to make sure they stuck to uh, the feel of the game as much as possible. I thought that movie was done filming. Um, Spider-Man 2 sold 5 million copies in 11 days was also the top-selling game in October in the U.S., no surprise there. Uh, Sony has announced that it has moved on 
from the commitment to at least six live service games. So Sony President Hiroki Totoki in a uh, new, I guess, financial call that they have decided to uh, step back essentially from a large push into live service games. Um, There were 12 live service PlayStation games in development, but now they're only committing to launching six of them by the end of fiscal year 2025. So that would be the end of March 2026. So that's about a year and a half. Um, Sorry, two years. Two years, two years. But still working out when the six will come out, but no guarantee that they will. Totoki said, quote, we were reviewing this, so the titles. We have not been able to meet the gamers' expectations, but we were trying as much as possible that this would be played by the gamers and liked by gamers for a long time. So the 12 titles, so six titles will be released by fiscal year 25. That's our current plan, and the remaining six titles as for when to be released. We're still working on that, unquote. Look, games as a service, live service games, whatever you want to call them, they've slowly been kind of dying on the vine. No surprise here that Sony has decided to walk somewhat away from 6 of 12 of them. Realistically, you're dividing gamers' time, right? Not You can't, you can't realistically release 12 titles of that nature in a short amount of time and then expect to make money on all of them because you're segmenting the market, right? That That's, that's asking... You're, you're going to have smaller audiences on all of them compared to maybe larger audiences on, on fewer. But we'll, we'll see ultimately what happens and how that all works. Uh, a new report has come out in regards to Modern Warfare 3 and its, its ongoing issues. So this was... Uh, <laughs> Sledgehammer Games, I guess, had wanted to make Advanced Warfare 2, which I think a lot of people liked and enjoyed. I enjoyed that game, but uh, that was 2014 when that came out. Uh, However, that, I guess, product was put on the the shelf uh, as they were asked to then make Modern Warfare 3, uh, the the second version of that game, a continuation of the 2019 Modern Warfare storyline. Via Bloomberg... It's always Bloomberg and Jason Schreier. It looks like Sledgehammer had to make Modern Warfare 3 in a year and a half um, instead of the normal three-year development time granted to Call of Duty Studios. So it was interesting that they almost had to rush the game, which kind of explains all the bugs that have been happening. Hell, I heard they had to pull like half the maps because spawning is a problem. I was literally just watching a video on, on Instagram of a guy... Not even really looking, but he got like 25 kills in a row from shooting in the same spot because spawning was so broken on the Rust remake. Rust already had spawning issues, but it looks like they've been exacerbated in the third Modern Warfare here. Um, There's also reports that it was supposed to be an expansion to Modern Warfare 2. It was not supposed to be a full game. Activision turned it into a full sequel was supposed to take place in Mexico. Um, it looks like it, it went more on to Makarov, which essentially a full reboot of the original, right? Like, I think a lot of people were hoping Favela would return. But 
the, the, you know, Sledgehammer's done some damage control. Uh, Aaron Hanlon, who is studio head of Sledgehammer, said, quote, On behalf of the extremely talented team across Sledgehammer Games and our partner studios, with whom we've collaborated on development, this has been a labor of love to lead the first ever back-to-back sequel in Call of Duty, unquote. He said, I, I don't know, man. It, it, it's, it's interesting to see what happened. The campaign was, was trashed across the board. Um, it, it didn't feel like a true Call of Duty campaign. Apparently it was four hours. It was riddled with bugs, with, with early access people trying to get in. Multiplayer's kind of broken. <laughs> like, people are blaming Xbox. Like, no, Activision did this before that was going on. So, we'll see what happens. Uh, Larian promises that Baldur's Gate is still expected out this year on Xbox. Um, people probably people are now thinking they're just gonna drop it at, during the Game Awards on the a month a month from now, essentially on the December seventh. Uh, we'll see though if that happens. They're also already teasing their next game. Uh, Hades, one of my favorite games and a game I will support across all possible venues when possible. We'll be getting a release on Apple devices via Netflix games. So if you don't have any consoles or a PC or anything and you want to play Hades, the one of the best roguelike games, uh, you'll be able to via Netflix games on an iOS device. Uh, we've learned, uh, just this is just another layoff in the gaming industry. Amazon has laid off almost 200 people. In their gaming division, 180 to be exact. We'll see how that affects their development cycle moving forward. Uh, the Pokemon Company and Tiffany & Co. have teamed up for Pokemon Jewelry from Tiffany & Co. One of the most expensive pieces in their collection being $30,000, give or take. Anyone have $30,000 that they would like to spend on Pokemon Jewelry? I don't. Um, Tomb Raider is hitting Magic the Gathering next week. Uh, you can get some Tomb Raider Lara Croft cars. Cars. Cards. Uh, Tekken 8 has revealed its final fighter in Reyna. Uh, people think that she may be related to Hihachi in some way. Uh, Hihachi, of course, met his end in Tekken 7. Um, sticking with fighting games here, Anthony Starr was being interviewed... Um, and we've learned that he will not be voicing Homelander uh, in Mortal Kombat 1. While, yes, they are using his likeness for Homelander in, in Mortal Kombat 1, Anthony Starr will not be voicing the character, which begs the question, who is? Uh, Xbox has announced a new uh, controller and console in collaboration with the upcoming Wonka film from Warner Brothers. Um, via the Xbox Wire, we've learned about a new chocolate controller, and uh, <laughs> it's literally a chocolate controller uh, and a Wonk Willy Wonka chocolate bar themed Xbox Series X. But there are some different chocolates in there. You can win. Uh, you can attempt to win it on Xbox's website. Uh, the Nintendo Indie World Showcase was this past week. We learned about several new games coming to the Nintendo Switch, uh, including Shantae Advance Risky Revolution, which was a previously unreleased game back in the Game Boy Advance era. 
uh, Core Keeper on your tail, Howl, star named Eos, Backpack Hero, Blade Chimera, a Highland song, which looks really cool, the art style, Moonstone Island, Death Track, Double... What did I write? I don't know. Uh, and then Outer Wilds, the archaeology edition. Uh, Outer Wilds, a great indie game, finally coming to the Nintendo Switch. Uh, Sega has opened up about the possibility of Persona and Yakuza, or Like a Dragon, however you want to call that series, uh, being turned into movies, and they think it is highly likely uh, that of, out of all their properties, other than Sonic, which is already a movie franchise, those would be the next to hit the big screen. Uh, Rocksteady Studios has released their first video in like a dev diary series that they're going to be doing about Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. This video alone has kind of cleared up a lot of my concerns that I've had for the game. I think as well for a lot of other people's. It still is going to be a live service game. It still is going to be a four-person co-op focused game, similar to how Arkham Knights was, uh, or Gotham Knights. This is set in the Arkhamverse. I just, I just... Gotham Knights was such a letdown, so I, I Rocksteady, please, please deliver on this. The game will release on February 2nd, 2024. Uh, and before we get to the Game Awards, I want to talk about a new game that I found out about that was announced. It's called Kaiser Punk. It is set in an alternate universe, uh, and it is a RTS game and um, a city builder, but set during the early uh, 1900s and 1910s uh, as you build in a World War One era Europe. It looks really cool. But I do want to get to our main gaming story today, and that is in regards to the Game Awards. So the Game Awards will be streaming on uh, platforms, because it's not really on a channel, December 7th at, uh, from the Peacock Theater in Los Angeles. Um, what, uh, so we're 22 days away. What time is it going to be at? Anyway, uh, you can follow, you know, of course, the Game Awards and Jeff Keighley everywhere. But let's talk about the nominees because they're very, uh, interesting to say the least. Um, I, I, I am, in, uh, they're interesting, right? Like it, it, it's it's especially when it comes to the 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 game of the year nominees. So, game of the year nominees there are six: Alan Wake two, Baldur's Gate three, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Marvel Spider Man two, and Resident Evil four. Look, I love Spider-Man 2. Would I put it in Game of the Year contention? I don't know. I really don't know. Super Mario Brothers Wonder, supposed to be amazing. Uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, obviously, definitely a Game of the Year contender because I think I saw videos on Instagram, TikTok, and the like of, of people making uh, war machines. <laughs> In Tears of the Kingdom for months is what it felt like. 
Baldur's Gate 3, totally unprecedented. People consider it one of the best games ever made in general. Uh, one of the best RPGs. And Alan Wake 2, by all accounts, is getting heaps and mountains of praise. Is being hailed as, again, one of the best games of the year. One of the best games ever made. Um, which I love to hear because the first game was so underappreciated. Now, you're probably wondering about a certain missing game. And that might be Starfield. Um, and, and I agree because I don't agree with Resident Evil 4 being there. I understand that it's technically a full remake. But it is a remake at the end of the day. And I, I don't know if remakes can be counted for Game of the Year. If I voted for a remake as Game of the Year in the past, I'm a little disappointed in myself now that I sit back and realize, you know, new games should be... I, actually, I don't remember if I've ever considered a remake for Game of the Year. I, I don't think that should count. The only remake I could consider in that would be the Final Fantasy VII remake because it, it's literally a different game. The Resident Evil 4 remake is not a different game. And yes, I know people love Resident Evil 4, and maybe this is an attempt to right past wrongs because there were no like game awards back then, but I really think Starfield should be on this. And I'm not saying this as a biased Xbox person. You know, because, but Starfield is, yes, it wasn't a perfect 10 or a 9 or any bullshit like that, but it was a game that people loved and people enjoyed. So, I I, I don't know, man. It, it's weird. It is weird to not see Starfield on here. And I've seen a lot of news outlets say the same. I've seen a lot of gamers say the same. Um, it, it, it's, it, it, like I said... Does Resident Evil 4 really deserve to be there when it's technically a 20-year-old game, right? I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, I I just, I don't think so. I really don't think so. Does that mean Starfield necessarily deserves to be on Game of the Year? I don't know. And a lot of people might disagree with me, and that's fine. That's really fine. I just really think that that Starfield deserves to be in the Game of the Year question. I've seen a lot of people say even uh, uh, Street Fighter VI should be in there as well. I don't see anything wrong with that either. Um, be interesting to see. But let's let's go through the rest of the categories, shall we? Uh, there is Best Game Direction. You have Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, best Narrative, you have Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty, Final Fantasy 16, and Spider-Man 2. Those are pretty solid. Uh, I didn't know DLC could count for that. I know Phantom Liberty is a large DLC, but still. Uh, best Art Direction, you have Alan Wake 2, Hi-Fi Rush, getting a shout-out. Lies of P, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Then, Best Score in Music, you have Alan Wake 2, composer Petri Alonko. Baldur's Gate 3, composer Borislav Slavlov. Final Fantasy 6, composer Masayoshi Soken. Hi-Fi Rush, audio director Suichi Kobori. And Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, composed by Nintendo Sound Team. 
For best audio design, you have Alan Wake 2, Dead Space, Hi-Fi Rush, Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4. Uh, best performance in a game, you have Ben Starr in Final Fantasy 16, Cameron Moynihan, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. That's another game that could really enter the Game of the Year competition and not. Uh, Idris Elba in Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty. Melanie LeBird in Alan Wake 2, Neil Newborn in Baldur's Gate 3, and Yuri Lowenthal in Spider-Man 2. Uh, we have innovation in accessibility of Diablo 4, Forza Motorsport, Hi-Fi Rush, Spider-Man 2, Mortal Kombat 1, Street Fighter 6. Games for Impact. Uh, those, I don't know anything about them, so I'm not going to talk about them. Uh, best Ongoing Game. Apex Legends, Cyberpunk 2077, Final Fantasy 16, Fortnite, and Genshin Impact. Best Community Support. Here's another game getting controversy uh, or a category. So you have Baldur's Gate 3, Cyberpunk 2077, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, and No Man's Sky. People are taking issue with Destiny 2 because obviously community support in Destiny 2 has kind of been in a shitter for the last year, year and a half, few months or so. So people are like, why the fuck is Destiny 2 on here? If it wins, I will laugh my ass off. So, best, best indie game, you have Cocoon, Dave the Diver, Dredge, Sea of Stars, and Viewfinder. For best debut indie game, you have Pizza Tower, which I heard people loved, Venba, Viewfinder, Dredge, and Cocoon. Cocoon's that really cool game that, like, you go into these different orbs and keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. Best mobile game, Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, Hello Kitty Island Adventure. That looks like Animal Crossing crossover. Honkai, Star Rail, never heard of it. Monster Hunter Now and Terra Nil, which is a Netflix game. Best VR AR, Gran Turismo 7, Horizon Call of the Mountain, Humanity, Resident Evil Village VR Mode, and Synapse. Best Action Game, Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon, Dead Island 2, Ghost Runner 2, Hi-Fi Rush, and Remnant 2. Best Action Adventure Game, you have Alan Wake 2, Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, and Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Interesting. All sequels. Best RPG. And finally, Starfield's first nomination. Uh, sea of Stars, Lies of P, which is that an RPG? Final Fantasy 16 and Baldur's Gate 3. Obviously, Baldur's Gate 3 is going to win that. Best fighting game. God of Rock. Don't even know what that is. Mortal Kombat 1. Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2. Didn't even know that was out. Pocket Bravery, don't know what that is. And Street Fighter VI. Let's see. We're not going to do all the categories. Family Game. I already know what's going to win that. That's going to be Mario. Uh, best Sports Racing. You have EA Sports FC 24. FIFA 23. Forza Motorsport. Hot Wheels Unleashed 2. And the Crew Motorfest. Um... Best multiplayer. What's uh, what are we what are we doing here? Baldur's Gate three, Diablo four, Party Animals, Street Fighter six, Super Mario Brothers, Wonder. 
I guess. Best Adaptation. Oh, okay. Castlevania Nocturne. Gran Turismo, Last of Us, Super Mario Brothers movie, and Twisted Metal. That's going to be tough, probably, between The Last of Us and the Super Mario Brothers movie. I'll tell you that right now. Most anticipated game. You have Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, Hades II, Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth, Star Wars Outlaws, and Tekken 8. I can tell you what my vote is, is Hades II. Star Wars Outlaws is probably going to win. Um, or Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Let's see. Content Creator of the Year... I don't know who any of those people are. Um, best esports athlete. Again, I don't know. You know, I don't follow any esports. Best esports team and coach. Coach? What What does an esports coach do? Like, really? I don't know any of these teams. And best esports event. League of Legends World Championship, Blast TV Paris, Evo, Dota Championships, and Valorant. Valorant has a championships? There's Valorant teams? Jesus. That's that's wild, man. There's so many things that this these awards. But the fact that, that Starfield, Jesus, man. It, there, there's something broken with the game awards, I'll tell you that. Come on, Jeff. Usually... Usually you're pretty good about that. But anyway, uh, follow along for the Game Awards. It'll be free on Thursday, December 7th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 4.30 p.m. Pacific. That's early. That's really early. That's too early. 4.30. I won't even be off work yet. <laughs> um... Yeah, it's going to be on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook Live, TikTok, GameSpot, IGN, Steam, Instagram, and Kick. So you can watch those uh, on all of that. You can be a co-streamer. Uh, you can watch it in China on like 150 different platforms. But that is going to be the Game Awards December 7th. Check it out. Let's uh, let's head on up to five, though, see what's going on in Hollywood, shall we? All righty, all righty, all righty. In the wake of the death of Matthew Perry... We've learned quite a bit, uh, including the fact that Matthew Perry wanted Zac Efron to uh, play him in a potential biopic, if it were to ever be made. And Efron was promoting his new film, The Iron Claw, and speaking with Entertainment Tonight, and they said, quote, he said, quote, I heard, and it's a huge honor. Matthew is just the best guy in the world. I had the best time of my life working with him. And to think he was thinking of me for that role, I mean, I would be honored to do it, unquote. I think that would be great. Uh, technically, Matthew Perry's, excuse me, Zac Efron's already played a younger version of Matthew Perry in 17 again. So it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibilities for that to happen. Um, we got our first trailer for Inside Out 2. 
which appears to show new emotions coming. Yes, Inside Out 2 is happening, and yes, some actors have been recast. But Maya Hawke will be joining the film as the voice of anxiety. I wonder how Joy's going to handle that. <laughs> uh, Venom 3 has shifted dates from the middle of summer next year to November 8th of next year. So it was almost a full, just about a four-month delay. Uh, and it's looking to be, a, a, so it will release about a, a full year from now. Uh, John Wick will be getting an anime spinoff as well as other television show spinoffs not related to the Continental. So that franchise continues to grow. Netflix Geeked Week was last week, meaning they've showed off trailers, announcements, and things like that for all of their new upcoming projects. We got our first trailer for the new Avatar live-action remake, which will premiere on February 22nd next year. Everyone loves the new live-action Appa. We got a new full trailer for Rebel Moon, the Zack Snyder film that drops in December. Our first trailer for the Yu Yu Hakusho live action, which drops on December 14th. We learned that Arcane will be getting a second season. That's the LOL League of Legends show and will premiere on November 24th. Sorry, it will premiere in November of 2024. The Terminator anime was teased and it looks to be set just a few days before uh, Judgment Day. Stranger Things Season 5's script was shown off by the writers and the Duffer Brothers, causing the internet to enter an uproar. The Witcher Sirens of the Deep is a new anime film coming, and it will have the same voice actor who voiced Geralt in the Witcher video games. Uh, the Exploding Cats card game is getting an animated show starring Tom Ellis, this time as God, no more Lucifer. A new trailer for Masters of the Universe Revolution, the show from Kevin Smith. Uh, the Three-Body Problem, which is the show from D, the D&D. &D. So Weiss, David Benioff and David Weiss of Grand, uh, Game of Thrones fame. Uh, that has been pushed to March of next year. Uh, Jurassic World Chaos Theory, a new animated show set in the Jurassic World universe, is set for next year. It looks to be a sequel to Camp Cretaceous. Uh, we got a new trailer for Pokemon Concierge, the new uh, stop-motion TV show coming from the Pokemon Company and Netflix in December, as well as a new trailer for the new Ultraman adaptation, which will be an anime as well. So that's everything from Netflix Geek Week. Um, last week we talked about a movie that Universal had shelved. Uh, not Universal, Warner Brothers. I think we talked about it. Hold on. HBO, Netflix, Warner Brothers. If we didn't... So we learned that Warner Brothers has decided to forego the release of another movie. Uh, this time it is the Coyote vs. Acme, which was being hailed as a return to form for for Warner Brothers and for the Looney Tunes. Uh, it was being called a hilarious movie. It was co-written by James Gunn, stars John Cena. Um, it had finished filming. It is, it's literally done. The movie is done. But Warner Brothers has decided to potentially uh, scrap the film. 
and use a... It was originally greenlit for HBO Max. Um, they don't really want to do... Uh, a fo They don't want to release it in, I guess, the theater. But I, I don't know. It, it uh, was going to be put away because of, for tax reasons. And now, though, we're learning that the movie is actually amazing. Filmmakers, people all over who had seen screenings. The movie was actually doing well in screenings. People were loving it. People said it was one of the best Looney Tunes movies ever made. Um, other filmmakers were praising it. Uh, they're, I guess now they're shopping it around to different um to different studios it was being billed as the next roger rabbit which alone should tell you that means it's amazing um a lot of people were criticizing them for doing that uh and and called them out for like what the hell are you guys doing it it like wb are you trying to like kill yourselves as a studio um they are shopping it around to other studios, though. Like I said, it looks like Netflix, Prime, Apple are all in the bids to pick up the, the film. Um, there, like I said, there was a screening that people loved. And now Congress is getting involved. Congressman Joaquin Castro of Texas is calling for a federal investigation. He says uh, in a tweet, quote, the W... Warner Brothers' discovery tactic of scrapping fully made films for tax breaks is predatory and anti-competitive. As the Justice Department and FTC revise their antitrust guidelines, they should review this conduct. As someone remarked, it's like burning down a building for the insurance money, unquote. Yeah, I, I agree. Why film the fucking movie if you're just not going to release it, right? I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. And the one time I'm okay with like extreme government overreach, it's this. But... I, I don't understand why do this. Why have proof that it, it people are enjoying it, people are hailing it, test screenings are through the roof, and then like, eh, it's probably not going to make money, let's cancel it and get a tax write-off instead. What if this movie comes out and makes gangbusters, right? Unless it's all part of Hollywood Fugazi accounting. Hollywood accounting is just fake, not real, not a thing. Maybe that was the plan all along. But like I said, this movie's being hailed by everyone who's seen it as a great, amazing movie. If that's true, release it and make $100 million and you make a $30 million profit. Don't even advertise it that much. You probably don't have to. So just it just proves that David Zaslav continues to make really stupid fucking moves. Uh, Deadpool 3 will now be the only Marvel movie to release in 2024, taking the July spot. Uh, with Captain America 4, Brave New World, and the Thunderbolts moving to 2025 as the D, the, D, the MCU faces major shakeups continuously. Um, we've also learned that Max Shakeman, the director of Fantastic Four, says he was influenced by his time working on Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So speaking with comicbook.com, he said, quote, I've learned so much for work from working on It's Always Sunny over the years. Those guys bring a unique combination of playfulness and precision. I think you have that have both of those things in everything you make. I like that idea from him. Makes sense. Obviously, it's not going to be, you know, D and the guys playing the Fantastic Four. 
uh, despite the awesome posters that Boss Logic made. The Moon, the Highlander reboot, this time starring Henry Cavill, has been greenlit. There can only be one Highlander, uh, and it's shooting for a 2026 release. Uh, the helmet or head worn by Anthony Daniels as C-3PO in the Star Wars films has stole, sold for $800,000 at auction. How awesome is that? Wish I had that. Um, the creator behind The Simpsons, Matt Groening, Matt Groening excuse me, uh, has said that uh, don't believe all the clickbait articles in regards to strangling Bart. Um... He wrote a comic that uh, said, watch out for clickbait. While yes, Homer has not really strangled Bart regularly in the last few years, it doesn't mean he necessarily is done or might be done. We don't know. But that's straight from the creator himself. Um, Ryan Gosling's, I'm just Ken, anywhere else I'd be a 10. Um, Ken enough. I'm Ken enough, you know. My name's Ken, and I'm enough, and I'm great at doing stuff. Has been nominated for a Grammy for uh, a song uh, created for a visual medium. I hope it wins. It's a great song. I also love the I'm Just Pete, the Saturday Night Live version. Uh, A24 is going to be making a biopic about Elon Musk. We'll see how that turns out. James Gunn confirms that Superman Legacy will not be delayed. It's actually found its uh, villain who will be played by... So the villain is going to be played by Maria Gabriela de Faria. She's an actress from Venezuela. Um, She's been in... Oh, she's won some Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards Mexico. Interesting. What movie? R.J., Exorcism of God, Plan V. She's been in some other TV shows. Um, The Moody's. I don't know what that is. Australian show. She's going to be playing the engineer in Superman Legacy, who has ties to the group The Authority, which is... um, Oh, she was on a Nickelodeon telenovela show. Anyway, um, she will be playing the engineer, which, uh, like I said, has ties to the authority. Another film that will be uh, taking place in the new DCU under James Gunn. So it will be interesting to see where things go with that as it looks like his, you know... DC Universe will be more interconnected than Snyder's was. No surprise there. Um, But things are shaping up over in the DC Universe. Uh, The Marvels has won the box office this weekend, but with the lowest debut for a um, Marvel Studios film. It... uh, it premiered with $47 million, the largest box office for um, the largest, the smallest box office for a Marvel Studios film. Uh, we got our first trailer for Chris Pratt's Garfield. I don't understand what that's about. 
uh, creator of The Office, has said that it's very unlikely that a reboot happens. Um, he wouldn't really want a re- reboot of the show. He would prefer, though, to make spinoffs. Uh, Greg Daniels, he said there are, when speaking with the rap, while there no actual talks have been made about a spinoff or reboot, he'd rather make a sister show uh, than recast anyone. Uh, he said, quote, I don't like to think about it. I don't like to think of anything as a reboot. I feel like we ended that story beautifully. The characters had closure. I would never want to redo that same show with a different cast because I think we got the luckiest cast, the best cast ever in TV to do that show. So the notion of a reboot is of no is not of interest. The notion of maybe something like the way The Mandalorian is a new show in the Star Wars universe, you know what I mean? Something like the notion of this documentary crew doing a documentary about a different subject. That, I think, could be intriguing and creative, but I don't even know what you would call that. I don't know if that's like a sister show or something. I don't know what the term is, but it doesn't feel like the reboot would be appropriate term for that, unquote. I get what he's saying. I also don't think they should make an Office reboot. I think uh, Shroot's Farm would have been a great spinoff that they hopefully should have kept making. Um, but people didn't like it, I guess. How about that Loki finale last week, huh? That was fucking amazing, wasn't it? Um, Loki takes his place and fixes the the timeline. There's no more sacred timeline. Uh, They're calling him God Loki. I would call him the Loki who remains. Yes, minor spoilers here. Great fucking episode, though. If you have not seen the Loki finale... You should definitely check it out. Season 2 in general, if you haven't watched it, was amazing. It was amazing. And definitely sets up the possibility. It it opens the door to Secret Wars more than ever now. Uh, as Loki creates Yggdrasil, the world tree, essentially. Uh, the Abyss and other James Cameron films are going to be getting... 4K remaster releases on on 4K Blu-ray. We've also learned The Abyss will be showing in theaters with its 4K remaster for one day only on December 6th. The Abyss is one of James Cameron's best movies. It is one of the best sci-fi movies ever made. If you have not seen it, you should definitely take the chance to go see it in theaters if you can. A lot of people don't always get the opportunity to see a movie for the first time in, a, in theaters, especially when it's a movie that's pushing 30 years old. So definitely check that out. Uh, Denzel Washington will be playing the great Hannibal in a new historical epic from Netflix. Uh, Hannibal, of course, is the Carthaginian general who sacked Rome, who marched his elephants over the Alps. Uh, that's going to be great if it's Denzel. Uh, Switching back over to the DC Universe here, uh, the Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow movie has found its writer in Anna Noguera. Uh, She is an actress and a writer. She was on The Vampire Diaries. She was on um, The Michael J. Fox Show and The Blacklist, Hightown, things like that. She will be writing... um, I don't even remember that show. Uh, she's going to be writing Superman, Supergirl World Woman of Tomorrow. She was actually supposed to write the spin-off um, Supergirl movie from The Flash. 
but this time she's being brought to write the new Supergirl movie for uh, James Gunn. So I I see this as an absolute win. Definitely. Uh, Matt LeBlanc has written a touching tribute to Matthew Perry in the wake of his passing. Uh, Matthew Blanc, Blanc, LeBlanc, of course, played... Um, oh, he wrote it with Courtney Cox, Jennifer Aniston, David Schwimmer. Um, LeBlanc, of course, played Chandler's best friend, Joey Tribbiani. And uh, he said, quote, Matthew... It is with a heavy heart I say goodbye. The times we had together are honestly among the favorite times of my life. It was an honor to share the stage with you, to call you my friend. I always smile when I think of you. I'll never forget you. Never. Spread your wings and fly, brother. You're finally free. Much love. And I guess you're keeping the 20 bucks you owe me. Unquote. Um, several other stars pen tributes. I, I personally think that uh, LeBlanc's is the best. Um, Taika Waititi has come out. He said he doesn't plan on rushing his Star Wars movies. He doesn't want to rush his Star Wars movie, and that's good. I'd rather he not rush anything. Uh, and he did say that if there is a Thor 5, he will not be involved, which sucks. But given his two Thor movies, uh, we don't need another possibility of a Thor Love and Thunder. I didn't hate it. But I didn't love it compared to Ragnarok. Uh, we got a new trailer for the new Sony Spider-Man universe film, Madam Web, starring Dakota Johnson and Sidney Sweeney. This movie looks atrocious. And I usually like Dakota Johnson. And yes, there's a lot of spider people in it. This movie does not look good. Sony, stop making trash spider-adjacent films and give the spider ownership back to Marvel Studios. Um, speaking of Marvel Studios again, we've learned that Destin Daniel Cretton, who directed the Shang-Chi movie, uh, who was tapped to write to direct Avengers The Kang Dynasty, has stepped down from that role uh, in a major shakeup going on with Marvel Studios' release dates. Um, obviously, we don't even know if the King Dynasty is still going to happen, given the situation revolving around Jonathan Majors, who actually, going back to the Loki finale, he killed it as he who remains in that. He he brought a new version of the character that was great. Um, Dustin Daniel Cretton is not leaving Marvel. He's still working on the MCU show Wonder Man, starring Yahya Abdul-Mateen. He is... Still in talks about directing future movies. He's still going to direct Shang-Chi 2, which is getting pushed back continually. Uh, he just will not be directing Avengers The Kang Dynasty any longer. Uh, we've also learned that Pedro Pascal is allegedly in final talks to play Reed Richards. Uh, we know we saw a variant of Reed Richards played by John Krasinski in Doctor Strange the Multiverse of Madness but now we're learning Pedro Pascal via deadline may be close to signing on as Reed Richards for the Matt Shakeman directed Fantastic Four movie um, nothing is finalized yet 
This is all just rumors and hearsay. Obviously, with the strikes over, we're start we're probably going to get new casting announcements very soon. They do want to start filming this movie as soon as possible. However, this will all depend on his schedule, like The Mandalorian season four, if there's a season four, The Last of Us season two, his role in Gladiator two. So. We don't know any other casting news. I'm sure that's all going to come out soon. But it looks like we may have our Reed Richards folks in Pedro Pascal. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Uh, And then we also got a trailer for Marvel's What If Season 2, which will consist of nine episodes airing between December 22nd and December 30th. They're all going to air day after day after day. Uh, And we're getting more storylines in the What If uh, section of the Marvel Studios. Uh, we've also learned that Tim Miller, who directed the first Deadpool movie, will be directing Alien Legion for Warner Brothers. Uh, it used to be a Marvel comic book series, which was called the, quote, French Foreign Legion in Space, unquote. Via The Hollywood Reporter, Tim Miller will be directing the film for um for Warner Brothers and uh it's uh the goal is what's being called quote a homegrown space opera franchise unquote oh so you're trying to compete with uh Star Wars and Star Trek nice real nice anyway that is the major news in uh, oh you know what i just realized Hogwarts Legacy wasn't nominated for a single award at the Game Awards. I know we're not talking about video games anymore, but like, talk about a major snub, dude. Anyway, train of thought. (laughs) Uh, I do want to talk about the Marvels. I did see it this weekend. And honestly, one of the best Marvel movies in recent years. I know that's not saying much since Endgame, but the Marvels was way better than I fully expected it to be. I did go in with low expectations, given my dislike for Captain Marvel. Uh, I, I didn't think it was that good of a movie. It just it just wasn't. They wasted a lot of potential on that movie. Because I very much like Brie Larson. This movie, however, far and away, leaps and bounds better. So much better. Brie Larson looked like she was actually having fun on set. Um, everyone looked like they were having fun on set. Watching... Uh, Iman Vellani as as Kamala Khan again was great. I I I said this when the Mar- Miss Marvel came out. I very much enjoyed Miss Marvel and Iman Vellani as Kamala Khan, and her family is hilarious. I love her family. Her mother and father being in the movie more than I expected them to be was great. Uh, Tayona Paris as Monica Rambeau. I didn't super care for her in WandaVision, but I very much enjoyed her in this movie much better. Um, Much better. I I would love to see a... um, I would love to see another another version of this movie or a continuation of it. It, it's, it's It's so good. It's so, it was so good. The action is great. The 
cinematography is great. The different styles of, of movie are great. Like there's at one point where it's like a musical. The colors are fantastic. The CGI is actually good. The story, yes, it is heavily weighed down by MCU lore, which is fine at this point. You don't need to watch the TV shows, though. They give you a quick recap of, of how Monica got her powers, of how Kamala got her powers. Um, it, it is a really, really fun movie. It's actually hilarious. There's really good jokes. Um, Nick Fury... Sam Jackson is back as Nick Fury, folks. Like, I don't know what the fuck happened in Secret Invasion, but he was back to his old self in the Marvels. I don't, I don't know where he lost himself in, in, um, in Secret Invasion. I don't, I don't know what happened there, but very much, very much enjoyed that. Um, it's such a fun movie. hundred percent, eight out of ten. I, like that movie, again, was so good. Did not expect that movie to be that good. And I was pleasantly surprised. One of the best Marvel movies in years. And I know that's not saying a lot, given their, their release history. But definitely in like the top three since the release of Endgame. So, and it had a amazing cameo at the end in uh yes i know this is going to be a surprise to you maybe kelsey grammer as hank mccoy beast and a name drop of charles xavier i'm not going to say how that connects but i'm this is this this will explain deadpool 3 if you ask me I think this is how Deadpool is going to get into the MCU. Just saying. Just saying. This is going to be... It's going to be great. This is going to be great. Well, folks, uh, The Marvels, just overall a great, fun movie. You should definitely check it out. It is getting scorched in the... Um, is getting scorched in the, the media for what reason, I don't know. So... Definitely check it out. Uh, that is it, though, for our normal news. Let's uh, let's go back to the 90s here, folks. And talk about my top 10 favorite 90s Disney Channel original movies. So last week we took a bit of a break in uh, terms of talking about top 10 90s movies just because of the sheer amount of news that we had to get through. Uh, this week, though, I do want to get back to that. So two weeks ago, um, was it two weeks ago? Two weeks ago we did 90s sci-fi. This week we're going to do 90s Disney Channel original movies. Um... And let's do this. Sorry, just writing stuff for next week. Um, Disney's ninety chan the night Disney Channel original movies. I think everyone has, can remember them. 
Uh, they went on a solid run in the late 90s. There were some really good ones, back to back to back to back, essentially. And some of them you might remember, some of them you might not. Uh, I had to kind of reach back into my memory for a few of them, that's for sure. But let's uh, let's not waste any time here and get to the top 10. Genius, number 10, uh, released August 21st, 1999. This movie stars uh, Trevor Morgan and uh, Emmy Rossum. And they essentially, it's about a kid who's like super smart and he goes to college. They work under the, the hockey arena, if you guys remember, called Genius. And, um, but he, like, pretends to be, like, two different kids. I, I don't, I don't remember totally. And they do stuff with hockey. I, I don't totally remember this movie. My, you know, oh, it's, uh, my, my memory is somewhat jogged by it, but that's, that's my number 10. Um, let's head up to number nine here, and, uh, The Paper Brigade, another movie I don't entirely remember, but I remember it, if that makes any sense, um, it stars Kyle Howard, Robert England, of all people, um, they're like small town paper boys, there's bullies that take over their route and they kind of fight back. And wait, HBO. How is this a Disney Channel original movie and on HBO? That doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense at all. Anyway, that movie. Oh, I guess that's because it's from the the they were Disney Channel premiere films. This was before they were Disney Channel original movies. You know, they're all the same, okay? They're all the same. But that um, that's what that was. Uh, let's go to number eight, Wish Upon a Star, starring Katherine Heigl. Yes, Katherine Heigl. This came out on November 12th, 1996. Uh, essentially two sisters. One's more popular, one's not. They switch bodies. It's almost like a, it's almost like a, a Freaky Friday situation. Very funny, very interesting. Again, I haven't seen it in forever, but I remember watching it. Um, that is the next movie that uh, came out. There's some other ones. I don't even remember half of these movies, to be honest. I know I watched them, but I don't remember watching them. Um, at number seven is the 13th year, which I'm sure you guys all remember. And it's about a kid who, when he turns 13, um, Chaz, Chez Starbuck, that's the actor's name. That's outrageous. Um, <laughs> when he turns 13, he finds out he's a mermaid and he starts turning into a mermaid. I remember it being kind of funny. Uh, for a teenager and being a teenager so it makes sense that I would find it hilarious not great not great by any stretch but it was uh, that came out May 15th 1999 and number six I have Suzy Q which does not have an official release date 
Uh, but it stars everyone's favorite Pink Ranger, Amy Jo Johnson. And uh, it's about, like, she's like a doll that comes to life? Is that what is... is um, do I remember that properly? I don't, I don't remember. Um, or was she a, a, Susie was a ghost. I don't totally remember. Um, but I remember it being a fun movie and starring Amy Jo Johnson. She's like a fish out of water. Shelley Long was in it too. Um, I liked the movie. I remember, and of course, Amy Jo Johnson, everyone's crush. Number five, Under Wraps, released October 25th, 1997. One of their first Halloween movies. The first official Disney Channel original movie uh, tells the story about uh, teenagers who, like, awaken an Egyptian mummy. Which, great. Um, Bill Fagerbacke was in it. Is that how you say his name? Fagerbacke. He plays Patrick Starr on Spongebob. He's in Under Wraps. Yes, Disney Channel just remade Under Wraps and made a sequel. Not cool. This movie was so fun and so hilarious. um, Because, like, a mummy comes alive. And it's a... Uh, like, you don't get a lot of kids' movies like that, but it was fun to see it on Disney. Um, where's, uh, geez, those movies are so wild. A Disney Channel and original movies are wild. Um, number four, Brink, everybody's favorite uh, inline skating movie, released. August 29th, 1998. Um, gosh, Brink was so fun. Uh, starring, you know, Eric Von Deaton and uh, Andy Brink Brinker inline skating um, <laughs> as they all try to, like, get famous skating. This movie, I don't know how this movie is beloved by everyone. It just is. And it will be forever, I think. Um, I need to. I think these are all on Disney Plus. I want to go. I think I want to go watch. I think I want to go watch them. Um, and see if I still like them in 2023 compared to, you know, 1998. But I'm sure I will. To be honest, um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Jesus, Brink, man, bringing back memories. At number three, and I think a lot of people might have con- controversy with what I let name as my number top three films. I'm gonna put Halloween Town at number three, released October seventeenth, nineteen ninety eight. Yes. I know, Halloween Town at number three. I might be a travesty. The other two are better in my opinion. Halloween Town's great. Debbie Reynolds is in it. Uh, a teenage girl finds out she's a witch. She finds out her mom's from Halloween Town. A, 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 a town in a separate universe where like, um, I guess, uh, 
I don't know what you want to call it, but it, like uh, where all the uh, witches and zombies and things live. So it, I think it's a great movie. It's just number three compared to the rest. So yeah, I don't know what you want from me. Um, go find Marnie, all right? Because uh, number two is uh, Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century, released January 23rd, 1999. And yeah, Xenon's great. And it's got Raven. And it's got uh, Xenon, who's a girl who lives on a space station and gets sent home to, you know, live on Earth with her aunt for a while. And if you haven't seen it, you should, because it's great. And if they need to make a fourth one, they should. <laughs> I very much enjoy Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. You know what? Now that I watch... Now that I think about it, and I'm looking at the information about the movie and where it was filmed, it was filmed in Vancouver, and it's like, no wonder when I was watching you know, Arrow and The Flash, everything looked so familiar. It's because... They filmed Xenon there <laughs> in the same place. Um, that's wild, man. They should make a Xenon 4 where like Xenon's kids go. Maybe she lived on Earth and maybe her family goes up to space. That would be cool. That's what they should do. Maybe they can do a Protozoa reunion tour. Who knows? Those are just my ideas for Xenon 4. Z4. Anyway, I'm wondering if you guys will guess my number one movie now. And it's Smart House. Because there's no question as to what is the best. You know, some people might say Johnny Tsunami. No. Alright? Some people might say Can of Worms. No. It's Smart House. And there's no other option. First off, Katie Seagal? Like, really? That That is the only thing alone that should tell you who is the best. And Ryan Merriman, who's like a super nerd. Um, also directed by LeVar Burton. Hello? There's, there's no other way to, like, put it other than this movie is just great. LeVar Burton... Okay. Katie Seagal, great. Like, I, there's there's nothing that could turn it away. The kid wins a contest to move into a house, a smart house. A smart house in, you know, 1999, June 26, 1999. And then the smart house has AI that took over, that takes over. This movie was predicting the future, people. This movie came out 24 years ago, and it predicted the future, man. <laughs> but no. I, I don't know about you guys, but Smart House is the best one of the 90s. Hands down, no question, Smart House. It's just, yes, she takes over and locks them in the house, but it's AI, people. AI. They knew about it back then. But my top 10, Genius, Paper Brigade, Wish Upon a Star... 13th Year, Suzy Q, Under Wraps, Brink, 
Halloween Town, Xenon Girl of the 21st Century, and Smart House. Those are my top 90s Disney Channel original movies. Read it and weep, folks. But that is it for Nick's Nerd News this week. Thank you guys for listening week in, week out. I appreciate all of you. Follow us on social media. Drop us a like, a share, a subscribe, a star up, post up, thumbs up, thumbs down. Whatever you see fit to be best for your course of action. Um, Check out nicksternews.com. All that fun stuff. We will catch you guys with another episode next week. And I'll catch you on the flip side. This has been a production of Nixner News. Please do not use without implicit faxed permission. And yes, that means with a fax machine. Thank you and have a nice day.